There she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa, she's ready to go to the stars. This is the 300th episode of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. Aye, Captain. And now, our host... This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. And this is Rich. Welcome to the Tri-Tac Games Podcast. Your podcast of being trapped in an interdimensional void and thinking that things are really bad and then, ARG! Here come the pirates! Aye there, me buckos. Hand over your Fruit Loops and your Twinkies. We need something. Now, if you people are our uh, gentle listeners are familiar with the TriTech Games podcast on a long term basis, you know that we've had up on our uh, top of our page or and in, in, in stuff that this always there for like you know what are we about? And we've always said you know interdimensional exploration, dinosaurs, and pirates. That's been there from the beginning. So we keep going back to pirates. Uh, we've been fringe pirates. We've done I don't uh, uh, air pirates, uh, and now we're gonna do I guess void pirates. Yeah, weird pirates. No, no, it, that's that's. <laughs> I like the term void pirates. I like void pirates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like void pirates. Okay, great. So, uh, and what we're talking about is weird zone. Okay, now, uh, Rich, since you're here, why don't you give our listeners a little quick rundown of what Weird Zone's about? Uh, Weird Zone is about an interdimensional problem. Uh, Basically, pieces of Earth have been grabbed and begin to transport to other dimensions, other worlds, where your whole property, your home, your car areas, whatever end up going to somewhere else and between in they don't stay there very long um a day several days and then they transport again now the weird part is that the uh between the times of transport they end up in a void a a another dimension, a, a traveling space and, uh, things pass them by and people and other stuff out there. So sort of like a cosmic freeway. You want to add anything to that? More like a cosmic trash dump. Cause you know, you just put a net out and you'll just catch all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I like the term trash dump too. Trash dump is yeah. very appropriate. Yeah. I've always liked the idea of you're floating down the most polluted stream in you know in in Pennsylvania. 
you know, back in the in the seventies when it was really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute, okay. I thought that was Cuyahoga, Flint. Ohio. Yeah. In the which river fire again? That was the Cuyahoga in Ohio yeah, near yeah. Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. But then again, it's Ohio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Close enough. That nice Lake Erie cesspool that we had. <laughs> oh. Oh man! Okay. And we're being topical. We're talking about Flint, but of course, by the time this comes out, this would be like, "What? What are you talking about?" <laughs> okay, so um, so the the game's all about you being tr- uh, essentially hijacked. You've been, you know, uh, uh, you've been abducted from your own world, and you are uh, leapfrogging, or you're more like skipping rocks across, you know, uh, this this interdimensional. Uh, uh, oil slick that is the uh, weird zone, uh, and you every once in a while you land on a world for a short period of time, up to like thirty some hours, and then you get popped back into the weird zone, and you're there for some more time, and then then you're back. So this is this kind of wash and repeat cycle. And when I was looking at that, I you know we we talked about how these things uh, these. Uh, Zero plots, which is the piece of ground that was abducted from your world and what you live on theoretically, uh, is is basically getting passed or you're passing other weird, uh, other zero plots as you go along. So I thought to myself, you know, it's the, according to the description, it's really really tough, you know, to get started because most people when they get abducted, you know, or or, uh, or hijacked, they don't have a lot of resources. I mean, they're in a very nice, they might be in a nice house or whatever, but then all of a sudden, you know, when you get uh, hijacked, all your, you know, your sewer lines get cut, you know, your water lines get cut, your power lines get cut. So you're now in a big house or building or whatever it is, and all your essential services are gone. And things can get dire pretty darn fast. And we always assume that you're going to, like, you know, tough up, tough it out. You're, you know, you're gonna, you know, hold on, and then when you go to the next world, you jump off and try to, you know, slowly build yourself up into a self-reliant community. You know, and and so you can become a kind of a, I don't know, an RV. You know, kind of like what you'd want an RV to be in space. You know, as you kind of a work in progress. And I thought to myself, well, that's a good way of doing it, but there's got to be some people out there that said, you know. We jumped with this gun store, and we got nothing else except these bags of you know of jerky. I think we're in a position to maybe make other people share the wealth with us. And there, you know, was the idea. Well, why don't? What if they went pirate? What if instead of saying, "Hey, when we go to a world, we're going to go and uh, get all this stuff," why don't we just take it off the people who? are already out there collecting it, you know, the most necessary stuff is going to be, you know, collected for everybody's zero plot. So why do you, you know, why should you go try to find it on a world where the parts may not fit or the power might not work or, you know, you don't know where it is, you're in the middle, out in the middle of nowhere? You know, why do that when somebody else's zero plot probably has exactly what you need and, you know, you can do the old... Uh, 
join us or die or just join us or we're taking your stuff and then you'll die or you know maybe they might lock out and, and you know get to a, a another's you know a world you know before anything dire happens to them the point is is that i'm sure there's people playing this game and you know they're saying to themselves why do i have to be this nice guy who's trying to kind of you know be a farmhand's freehold in space you know why don't i just be you know, Mad Max, not Mad Max, I'm sorry, um, Waterworld. Because really, if you think about it, Waterworld is a pretty good uh, template for what goes on in Weird Zone. And they've got pirates. The most important resource is not the Twinkies, not the hot dogs, it's water. And, oh, yeah. you know... Yeah, and I actually was told by a guy. He said, "Okay, the the, the water lines are, were were severed. Then we gotta shut the shut. We gotta do something with the water heater because it will reverse siphon and just go right out the pipes." <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that." Yes, it's busy spilling out right now. You better shut those pipes off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, unfortunately, when you, when you play with gamers, they tend to be a bit more ready to jump into action and do something. So, you know, I mean, if they're real people, you know, a real family, uh, more likely than not, they're, the only water they have, the water they'll have to drink is what's in the toilet. And that's about it. Well, these days, with the way people buy bottled water, they might have like a 24-bottle, you know, case in, uh, sitting up on a shelf in the garage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, one, and one thing I would, I've always done was I've always used Google Maps. And I've gone to the satellite view, and I said, okay, this house. And let's see, 150 feet. Who else is in that 150 feet? And yeah, there's usually a lot, a lot in, in some neighborhoods. That's a lot of houses get sucked up. So you have, if you're, if you're only people at home, then you get all the other houses to raid and get stuff out of them, you know, and maybe find some other things too. There's some people that don't actually dye the bottled water. They've that they just have their own in the house. Over time, we're doing that. We've got a couple gallons filled with it already. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. They, they, they've stored this stuff up, right? Yeah, and it's just so they have it. Yeah, yeah. They, they may not buy it. They, yeah, just like you know, old milk gallon is what she's trying to say. Um, yeah. With with we tend to you know with things like Costco and Sam's Club buying things in bulk people will do that a lot of so there's more than just water that's in bulk if you, if you manage to, to snatch up another person's house or half of it yeah um oh yeah what when my like, plate what i'm sorry i'm sorry travis let's say well, you know like you know the the big 48 roll packs of toilet paper and everything you know we yeah. costco is effective you get a bunch of it so yeah i mean you could raid other structures that got snatched up on the zero plot right off the bat. But again, that is a finite resource. You and, and I also see this whole pirate thing. It's not something that will be a right off the bat idea. Well, it depends on whether you have any resources. If you really don't have any resources, you know, let's say you're, you're it's, it's actually like a gas station. You know, but not one of those gas stations like they are now, where they're like little mini marts, like a 1950 gas station where all you have is a, is a Coke machine and everything else. You got lots of motor oil, 
or you got lots of uh, you know lubes or or stuff to put in the radiator, but you don't have water. There's no water there. Oh yeah, but well, the case in point tonight went for the Sunday Skypers. Uh, they decided to be in a uh, hangar at an airport, and that's their base of operations. So whatever water they had in the refrigerator, and whatever you know, unfortunately they had the blue tablets in the toilets, so that water was gone. You know, and uh, but they did have an extra large water heater where they were able to shut it off and save some water that way. But that was it for water and whatever food was in the vending machine. That was it. You know, and they're but they had airplanes, but the, yeah, until they make landfall, yeah, until they make landfall, it's not a situation where you're taking away their water and now they're going to die of thirst in the desert. Okay, they are, you know, you you inconvenience them, you may actually make it tough for them. Okay, um, but they'll probably, you know. Deal with it, you know, and so, you know, just like pirates, you know, you, 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 how did you put it, John? You shear the sheep, you don't kill the sheep. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, you know, if you're going to go pirate, then the idea is that you're going to be preying upon other, you know, other zero plus. Now, if, if the zero plots go whizzing by or whatever, and you never see the same zero plot again, well then, okay, fine. You know, you never have to worry about, there's no guilt because they're gone. You can't think, you know, you, they, you don't even remember them or whatever. There's no fear of retribution. Yeah. yeah well, no, no only fear of retribution, nor do you, you know, feel like, you know, you're going to be preying on them again and again and again. You know, they just, you know, you, you just, you basically, you insult them once. And then you move on, you know, and so it's it's like somebody if if I got shaken down just once in my life, it would, probably wouldn't be so bad. You know, it's it's when you get the constant shakedown that like, you know, I get every week in my paycheck. <laughs> that's, that, that's a little bit much to take. <laughs> yeah, but- so anyway, so I, what I'm saying is that, you know, you don't have to be a, a, a despicable person, you know, completely without any kind of moral values or other to do this. It just basically is the decision. You know, it could be a very much of a um, Nietzsche kind of concept, you know, the, you know, uh, social Darwinism. You know, I, I, you have what I need. I'm going to take it from you. I, you know, I have the means of taking it from you. So there. What did Mao yeah. Zedong say? Power comes from the barrel of a gun. Yeah. Yep. Now, now I'm, lo- oh, I'm just saying, I'm just looking at the jumping ship page, page 19, for those of you following along at home. And it points out that when they do pass, and there's only a 7% chance of you actually having a, an encounter with another one, on average, they're talking. It's a five. It's a fast pass. Five minutes is all you get. So that's something you just wave high and watch them go on by. At that point. Well, what does five minutes mean? I mean, I mean, that's it's, it's how fast for them to pass you, and that's from way. Well, that depends on how close they're going to pass next to you. On average, they're three miles away, uh, and uh, on average, they're passing within d ten minutes. I mean, what's the visibility in the in the weird zone, Richard? Oh. Probably at least a mile. Really? Okay. So, all right. 
Well, I'm just even so. I mean, like I said, that's why you know we need to talk about how you'd be able to implement it. Okay, because if you're going to do it, you know, you're going to have to deal with the fact that sometimes they're moving fast, sometimes they're moving slow. You know, but the the point is, is that once you get off the zero plot, there's nothing to keep you. You know, especially if they're moving fast, it actually is, might be a bit of an advantage because you can just turn around and put put your way back to your own. You know, plot. You know, depending upon. How you know how hard it is to do it? Also, Richard, that's actually not true about visibility. It varies because you even have in here saying it's very, most of the time it's twenty percent visibility. So yeah, a mile sounds about right, but it can be crystal clear. So those guys three miles out, you see them like they're plain as day. You know, they just and stand the right out. Of the plot. Yeah, inside the plot. Now that that does bring. Uh, now you did say in, the, in a previous episode about Weird Zone that you can make plots bigger. Correct, mm-hmm. Richard. So here's yes. my here's my next here's my next question. I, I'm a I'm not just a pirate. I'm a warlord. I want a bigger plot, but I don't want to sit there and dig. You know, push all this work to make it bigger. Can I merge plots? That's an interesting thought. I would say no. You okay, have to build it up by mass. All right, you know, spread it out and, and increase it and so forth and make the bubble bigger. Okay, because mm-hmm. otherwise it'd be, you know, fire up the winches and put the grappling hooks out. We're going to make itself bigger by just grabbing another, another uh, zero plot and pulling right, up, right beside us. <laughs> well, what, would, what happens if you have two zero plots that are right next to each other and you have them grappled together like you're talking about and one of them decide to drop out into real space? What would what would that what would happen? What would that be like? You'd probably because of the interconnection and the plots, I would think that the plots would eventually become one plot. Oh, so they do meld eventually. Not eventually, but right then. Because either that or something would have to give. Yeah. It, it would be, it, what would give would be what's uh, grappling them together. So it basically would sever at, at the bubble then, at the edge of the bubble. Yeah, it would sever like it. Would it shear? Would, they, would the grapples tear loose? What would happen? I think the grapples would tear loose or tear a piece of the plot. So, is it, okay, if I have power enough winches, could I actually winch the other plot over so it, so it actually smacks into the other plot? I don't could see I winch- why not. But so, it's going to be a hell of a winch, and it's got to be a very small plot. Okay, what was that, Pixie? But if you do, I would see that if there's this bubble around each plot, and you do something like that, you're putting you're putting those bubbles together. Yeah, I would think that they would merge then, and at that point, those plots would because the bubbles are are merging, merged together. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you got some guys on the other on the plot you're trying to pull in, cutting the side off a little bit so that they actually do actually go. The bubbles will merge when they finally goes you know side by side. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I can think of though, looking at the pictures you have, you're not guaranteed they're going to be in the same angle. So like the one picture on page 19, there's one flying flat and one in the background at an angle. Yeah, if you were to pull those two together, well, that's the way they merge. And then when you get to whatever you land on, I think gravity takes over that point and then takes care and flattens it out. But the, the whole thing will then go with you when you, when you leave then because nothing stays behind. So you're saying like the 
the land masses would fuse together, or would you the still bubbles. need the would you still need the whatever you use to grapple, keeping it I, together? I think the bubbles. I think would there's work. a certain point when they when the masses got close enough, they would basically it's like soap bubbles. They would yep. impact, and uh, the mass would uh, exchange. And they would become one. And that's why you see, you know, you can tell the difference between a pirate and a warlord. A pirate has maybe a double-size zero plot because he needs space. A warlord has something on the size of a mile in diameter. No, well, that that would, you would be talking about two very large plots there, John. I mean, a large plot can be up to 880 meters across. You're right. So yeah. So a mile, you're talking about two of those being merged together, and that's that's a you know you know you're talking about the a serious you know a 22nd century uh, engineering thing that's being done by people who are crapped on zero plots. All I can say is both of them better have been like you know. (laughs) There's an awful lot of resources we're talking about here. So and remember, 880 meters. That's about half a mile. I know. That's why I said it. It is half a mile. Well, yeah. And, well, you know, a meter, we'll just say a meter equals three feet. Yes, I know. One meter equals 39.37 inches. Still, a half a mile, and then you're binding two or more together with the resources that you can get in the weird zone, which aren't always going to be optimal. Mm -hmm. That would take... Years, possibly decades to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying... And it doesn't have to... You, all, all you need is 1-800. And he just grabs the little guys and drags them in. I mean, he, he, yeah, his mass he is much bigger to, than... He doesn't yeah, have he to doesn't have the, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but he's going to be picking off littler plots. Yeah, that's the whole point. And he, because but, he's not going after low pots for the resources. He's going after for the land. And, you know, we're talking putting in farms. And then he's also probably building a, a fire base. So when he lands on a planet, he first finds out how good the friendly, how good the locals are defending themselves. Because they have more resources than any zero plot does. Well, maybe not necessarily right there. I mean, in the world, of course. But I'm just saying they wouldn't. It may be that the zero plot shows up and it's, the, it's more resources than anything around them. That's true, uh, except for water. And I imagine if there's water nearby, they've got the hoses out and the pumps going and draining draining every pond in sight to make sure the zero plot's got water. Well, it also depends on, A, how big the, the, uh, the zero plot is and how well they're prepared for the occasional storm, you know, rainstorm that comes across. You can collect a lot of water from one of those rainstorms. That's true, too. Uh, yeah, I imagine it's just covered in cisterns and everything. I mean, that was saying that my players they were on a tar- they were on tarmac, and they oh. started gra- grabbing dirt and stuff, and they were starting to make their own little farm because they need the dirt. Sure, sure. But I'm not sure what they're going to grow, considering it's dark, uh, you know, in, in the weird zone. I guess they're going to they, they, they just they grow when uh, when they're occasionally on land, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're from Al- they were from Alaska. They're used to weird growing growing seasons. So, <laughs> and again, this reason I'm talking about this is because uh, again, I want to go back to the whole water world concept. Because let's say for that one of the zero plots happens to be a big chunk of a refinery. 
with all those big, huge tank, you know, tanks of petroleum and refined petroleum. And you've got 880 meters of that, but nothing else. So he says that, you know, that sounds like a recipe for someone to go and say, hey, we're going to take all this and we're going to start, you know, building something here. Okay. And we have all the, re- we have the resources to go on raiding parties with this kind of stuff because we can build airships or void ships that can be powered by this stuff we got without having to worry about, you know, having to go down and, and, and pump it out of a, the local gas station, assuming there is even one like that on the world we go to. Because, you know, depending upon how you play your game, you know, most of the places you go to may not be that high tech. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that my players ran into was two blocks from Upper Manhattan. Bunch of brownstones and roads, and yeah, it was two blocks from Upper Manhattan that had got sucked up into the weird zone. And they basically were uh, doing their very best to survive, but, you know, uh, they, everything they had was raided. So who was, who was no, basically the houses, the apartments, they were empty, had got raided. And they were doing their best to survive. And, they, of course, you have the half buildings on the edges that basically collapse and fall and fall into the, uh, the into the zone at the edge. So they basically were doing that, clearing out the buildings and so forth and dealing with the uh, with the infestation of, 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 of dinosaurs in one building that they've got walled off. You know, <laughs> well, John, that's always going to happen at the beginning. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, further little further on, I mean, where you basically get your head straight and you say, okay, how are we going to live? Okay, we could live by, you know, building ourselves a little fortress and just hunkering down and waiting for us to do landfall and then running out there and seeing, doing as much trading as we can and, uh, or, or, or stealing or scavenging or whatever we're going to do, okay? Or you can say instead, well, you know, all the best stuff, is going to be here in the void because most of the places we're going to are low, lower tech than we are. So we ought to start looking at some of these other zero plots to get stuff from. Oh yeah. They, they, they told stories. The people in the brownstones told stories of seeing these very large uh, zero plots go on by considering that they were large, but they saw ones bigger than they were. And they showed up and took some people away because they needed the bodies to, to do something. So yeah, they were Hopefully raiders. Not for dinner. No, more like for farming, probably. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Is that the whole idea of raiding? You're not always raiding for food or or other resources like that. Sometimes you're raiding for people. Now you know uh, because you know once they're on your plot, they're going to stay there. Yeah, they link to that zero plot. And yeah. as long as you keep them from getting you know getting away off your plot then no matter what happens, they can run away. Next next you know, world they go to, they all decide to make a break for it. Okay, fine. You know, 15, 20 hours later, they go back in the weird zone. Boom, they're back. Okay, now it's time for a beating. Please, I, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, take your beating, and then maybe you'll remember now. Yeah, I mean, that's what the low-tech worlds are good for, too. You land on a low-tech world, they ain't got much, but they got people. And if you got skills like make like a blacksmith tonight, we take him, take his family too. That way, you won't be you won't you won't be so sullen. And yeah, he's now our blacksmith. Yeah. So you start thinking, in, but I'm saying, if you want to be a pirate, you have to start thinking in terms of what am I going to need in order to do this? Okay. You know, you need a 
And you can decide whether piracy is going to be a secondary thing that you do for all the things that you really have, you know, you want to get your hands on, or it can be your primary thing where, you know, you everything you get, you get through uh, uh, piracy. It depends an awful lot on what your zero plot is. If you have a lot of farmland, then maybe you might want to grow some crops, okay? Or if you have a lake that might have fish in it, you know, you might want to do some fishing, okay? Or her, I think herding animals would probably be the easiest thing to do, Um but uh, because grass grows pretty fast in comparison to a lot of other crops, uh, or you could like you could uh, again you could harvest some of the things that come dropping out of the sky in weird zone. But it's if you decide that you're going to be a pirate, that means you decided in your mind that I'm going to go and take stuff from other people because I think because either I think I need it or because I want it anyways. And they can't stop me, you know, because I'm tough. So this is a kind of a point of view, you know, the pirate point of view. You know, we take what, you know, anything we can take is ours. It's kind of a cat point of view, actually. You know, (laughs) anything that's nailed down is a cat toy. And anything that I can claw up wasn't nailed down. So that's kind of the pirate point of view, too. I mean, once someone realizes that whatever you're holding when you get yanked back comes with you. And if you happen to yeah. be sit, ha, ha, hanging on to an Abrams, an Abrams tank, it comes back with you. That could be very ugly. Yeah. And I'm not, I mean, I, when you say holding on to, I, I think that, I think that means you are actually supporting, you're caring. I don't think it means that you're touching it. Let me, oh, we can look here. Let's just. But anyways, you know, that's, that would be good because then that would be helpful. All right. So. Moving again to the idea of like, you know, if you're going to be a pirate, what does a pirate need in order to be effective as a pirate? Okay, so let's assume that um, we're, you know, that when we talk about pirates, we're talking about pirating on others uh, against other zero plots, not just being a raider who comes, you know, swarming off of his zero plot as soon as he lands and starts, you know, laying waste to the countryside, taking stuff back to his zero plot. Uh, what's he going to need? Or what is she going to need? Well, I mean, if you're going to be a pirate, the one thing you're going to need is, uh, well, weapons. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and basically, you, 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 you can be lucky and start, you know, you could be uh, you one of those, you know, uh, what's his name from, uh, from Tremors? Oh, uh, 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 Burt Gummer? Burt Gummer, Gummer with, 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 your, with your personal armory. You only got so many bullets, and you end up in some world that says, tw- you know, nine millimeter. What's that? And good luck making their cartridges fit in your in your weapons. So you may have to you may have to learn to like save all that brass and reload, and eventually you you may just have this most uh, most eclectic collection of weapons you ever seen in your life because you never guaranteed you go go someplace that'll actually have the right caliber or the right or whatever you need. Yeah, well, there's a solution to that, John, and that is to get new weapons every time you land. That's true too. When you, when you bought, when you basically go in there and you get the weapon, you also get as much ammo as you can get your hands on, and then when the gun runs out of ammo, you throw the gun away. Yep. Yep. If you're lucky, oh it, no! The, 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 some of the uh, pre-gen worlds. There's that one world, uh, Richard. You put in there with the aliens, trading them for something you can recharge would be great. Yeah, if you if you have something that uses uh, electricity, you know, as like a, a blaster or something, yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. 
But, you know, if you go to lower tech, you know, uh, a good crossbow, a good, you know, a good bow, recarved bow, you know, those things pack a lot of punch. And you can find arrows on practically any world you go to, depending upon the tech level. You know, as you said, John, you're going to have an eclectic bunch of weapons and you're going to need to learn how to use all kinds of different stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, learn how to use cannon because I can imagine someone going, OK, cannon, I can find a use for this. I can, I can either shell a, a, uh, a reluctant uh, zero plot to, to soften them up for the raid or I can use it to shell someone else when you land. So I can see them getting, you know, and when I say cannon, I mean, you know, you know, big old wagon wheel cannon with, you know, that you got to use black powder to fire because that's the best kind to use. Well, you don't have to use black powder, John. You could use one of those ones that uses like um, a, a gas cannon that, you know, uh, uses like lighter fluid or, or gasoline to, to to light up and it basically blows something. If you're, you know, if you're throwing Let's, you know, depending upon what you're trying to do, how, again, how nasty you want to become, you start shelling somebody with uh, shrapnel, uh, it's, you know, you can wound them pretty good and they'll give up probably. So you say surrender or we'll keep, you know, shelling you. And they're not ready for that. They're like, okay, fine, we wave the white flag. And then you come over and proceed to uh, get your booty and turn around and go back and, and they go floating away. I mean, it, good. Well, I'm saying it's not that hard. You know, people are in the, I don't think people in the weird zone are prepared mentally to deal with the idea of being attacked by, uh, by void pirates. I, I think that a lot of them are basically thinking that the time that they're in the void is kind of a, you know, quiet time. Yeah. And, and it's just the opposite. You know, because the pirates come roaring in just when they think that they they can take some downtime. They've been going crazy on the on the worlds, trying to find stuff, getting into trouble, maybe getting injured, whatever. And they're sitting down and they're trying to heal up and they're trying to you know go through and and figure out what else they need. And you know they're they're probably pretty flush because they've got all the stuff that they they got. And the pirates just come roaring in when they're at their weakest. You know, and they come in and grab what they got, and they're not ready for that. Actually, that's a good question. That brings a thought, Richard, because you never mentioned what it looks like, and I had sort of make it up as I went along. What does it look like to someone else when your plot goes back to some world? What does it look like? Uh, basically, it sort of implodes. Okay, and when it comes back, it does the reverse of that then, right? Yes. Hmm. Okay. So if you see someone pop back, you know, hit them because they probably they probably got stuff. Yeah, they're flush, man. I mean, unless they had a really bad time, you know, it can happen. Now, one thing we we, we were talking about this on, uh, beforehand on the group was traveling to those things. Uh, yes, you can use an airplane. Uh, something my uh, my my friend Todd Zercher, who used to be in the Air Force, pointed out that okay, there's no gravity out there, right? Yeah. Okay, I can't fly straight. Why not? Wings create lift. So what? Oh, it means it means your wings create lift. They create a lifting force, which means your airplane goes up in a loop, unless you basically dive all the time. Yeah, you just use you have to use your aerolins and, and your and your elevators to compensate for it. 
Yeah, you just, but I imagine the first time out, someone will get this thing, you know, for your first time out and your whatever you're using to fly in, you find this out. I'm, I'm sure you, you, the first time you decide to go off as a pirate is going to be the first time you fly a plane. Now, the thing is, because there's atmosphere out there, while motion is kind of Newtonian, it's not because you have drag from the atmosphere. So you can't literally throw something away because it will eventually stop moving because the air will stop, you know, slow it down. Uh, Yeah, that's why you leave things behind when you throw them out. But, uh, yeah, shooting at other zero plots, you just wheel up to the edge of of your plot, aim, and fire. It'll be Newtonian at that point. You aim in a straight line, and it goes in a straight line. You just got to make sure you get your Kentucky windage in for those faster-moving ones. Um. But yeah, I mean, but there's other means of getting there too. I mean, you could also, you know, uh, like you said, call Ellet, uh, jump off and hope that you make it. <laughs> well, if you were to do that, okay, I imagine what you'd do is you'd have some kind of, of a wing, you know, something that you could fl- flap and, 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 you know, basically send, uh, flap your way in the direction you want to go. If it's a, if it's a slow moving uh, zero plot, then you would could quite possibly be, you know get over there, and then of course if, if it's moving faster than yours, and you'd really want to probably want to do it where it's moving faster than yours, then you could turn around and when you jump back off again, then it, you know the, the the air would slow you down, and then you could catch you could let your plot catch up to it, and you could get back on your plot, and of course you wouldn't do this by yourself. It's not one person being a pirate. We're talking about a whole slew of people doing this. And if they're reasonably close and you've got enough supplies, you can always tie on a line. You know, have a line attached to you. So if you don't quite make it, you can get you can get pulled back and hopefully get pulled back before you before you jump to to a world. Um, well, I, I don't think that's really going to be a problem. I mean, it's. I mean, it may happen. It may not. I mean, you know, I. Yeah, if it does, it does. I mean, the life of a pirate isn't going to be the safest life, okay? <laughs> but I mean, there, you could um, you. I, I don't know how far you know what what the drag is, but you could um, you could have some kind of a catapult, and you could literally hurl yourself. You know, build a trebuchet, uh, uh, not not a big one, because they proved with you know with some of the trebuchets that the G forces are enough to kill you. But like a small trebuchet, and literally hurl you, hurl you at you know another zero plot, mm-hmm. and then you you get real close, and you could have like some some you know basically the equivalent of a squirrel suit, and you know or fins or something like that, and you just angle yourself in the direction you want to go, and you come up nearby and jump off and get onto it and and start raiding. You know, you and everybody else who, who you're doing this yeah. with. Now, this is where the um, the traditional jetpack come into its own because you just need to get going in the right direction. Then you turn it off and save that fuel for your landing. <laughs> and then you uh, well, again, there's going to be a lot of drag. Yeah, there's a lot of drag, but if it's close, then yeah, it's, you can jetpack over. Of course, depending on what worlds you go to, because. You could land in the world where you know you have the rocketeer jetpacks, which run basically forever on alcohol. There's a there's a number of other options that I'm going to about to get to, but the one that I was advocating the most was the um, um, it's the snowmobile uh, the the the, the go kart 
underneath the parasol. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the, with the big fan in the back. Yeah, you got a big, huge fan behind you, okay? And and normally what happens is as the fan goes, it makes the parasol go up or down, and you use the controls to turn you. Well, of course, that parasol's gone. You don't need that. Instead, you're going to have some surfaces that you're probably going to build out onto your little go-kart or whatever. And with that, you'd be able to steer with, the, with it blowing air behind you and just pushing you along. Those things um, go... With the Paracel, they go 30 to 45 miles an hour. So that's plenty of uh, thrust to get over to another zero plot, even one that's pretty far away. And they're pretty they're, they're pretty low uh, gas users too. So it wouldn't be that hard to you know to do that. It, you know, assuming you had either the uh, one of those things available or the ability to make one. And I don't know how hard it would be to make one, but it doesn't seem to me like it would be that hard. No, I mean, I, I, I was talking to a guy who actually did that. He actually, the hard part was making the propeller. You know, you need it. You, you basically, he bought one. But it was a, it basically was your standard lawnmower engine in a cage uh, with the blade in the cage. And he actually had the uh, control surfaces on the back. I would imagine putting the control surfaces, in, you know, both up and down. Left. Actually, that's what he had. He had the control surfaces were in the back. So you had a rudder and a and air and a uh, and um, not airline airlines on the on the big wings uh, the elevators. So you had they had the rudder and elevators. Well, that's all you really need to restrict the airflow. Right, and 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 so again, back to my water world, the guys that were on the uh, uh, on the jet skis towing. It's essentially, it's the same. It's the same thing. The smoke and towing people behind them. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. You could surely do that. All you need was one of those things, and you could probably uh, drag an entire raiding party. And if you're lucky and they're close enough, you also could probably drag a line with you so that you can, you know, hey, if if there's a really, if you're close enough and you can drag a line, then you have a way to send stuff back. Yeah. Like a like a big, you know, maybe a a a big. Nylon net, yeah, nylon net, or yeah, various ways of getting stuff back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had I've had uh, kites up you know, a, a half a mile, you know, of string on one of those things. Okay, this is zero g. All you, you know, I mean, it wouldn't be that hard to you know to pay that pay that out as you go. You just have a spool on the back of the uh, uh, on the back of your uh, scooter. Um, and you just fly over there, and once you get over there, you just pull out the thing and start putting stuff, tag tag it on, push it off the edge, wave a a you know wave a a, a a light or whatever, and they start reeling it in from the other end, and then all you have to, then all you have to worry about is getting yourselves back. Actually, I was, I, if kite string or actually or the one of the higher test uh, fishing lines. Yeah, probably that. If you were trying to carry a lot of stuff, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have normal G on top of your zero plot, so you know, you'd have to get at least up to the edge. You'd have to roll the, your booty off the edge to get back into the zero G if you're only if you're only going to use like a you know a relatively high test line. But yeah, yeah, that's definitely a, that's a great idea. You know, just uh, just just uh, unreal it behind you as you go flying over there to to do that. You know, playing your music by the, the flight of the Valkyries as you go flying over there. Because you know? if you're gonna be a pirate, right? You know, you want to be scary. You know, play play your music. So uh, I imagine pirates would be good at dealing with some of the more 
unpleasant visitors you get too, I would imagine. Um, which one was it again? That was not Jellyfire. Oh, who, who, what is it? The there's a bunch of them that are not nice. Yeah, which what was the the demons, the the angels and demon ones? Well, well, the demons especially are, are bad. Angels are, are usually okay. I mean, I, I think they would probably take a dim a dim view of the pirates. I think it'd be it'd be really bad to have an angel show up on a pirate plot. <laughs> You'd be like, okay, this is, everybody, you know, get this is, you know, it's time for repentance. Oh my goodness, yeah, it's like you know, everyone's checking their watches. How long before we drop out? <laughs> so, but luckily, they are a very rare event. <laughs> yes, both of them are. So, though I, I personally, every time, you know, I know Richard has a, a chart on it, but I tell you, you know, my, my fun in playing Weird Zone is always every single time they go into the zone, something else happens. It's guaranteed. Okay. <laughs> you know, it could be, it could be ether bunnies. It could be zombies. It could be uh, just folk. It could be dinosaurs. It could be, uh, you know, uh, storms, whatever. You know, you, you, there's usually somebody showing up every single time they go into the void. Yeah. Uh, if you're lucky, you get you get some dinosaur men who seem to be really good, with, like, um, you know, with metalworking and stone tools. You can teach. Or maybe they have really big teeth. Yeah. Teach them, you know, teach them how to shoot a musket. Find that... Uh, um, that T Rex that actually has arms, uh, but the one, the, of course, the one you got, you, you have to watch out for are the Void Engineers. Oh yeah, well they're gonna they're gonna ruin your day. <laughs> they probably are ethical or something. First thing they do is, do you have a good cup of tea? No, okay, you're putting a weapon at me. Yes, that's very nice. Uh, you, you don't have any tea, do you? <laughs> You know, completely ignoring them, saying you basically saying you can't hurt me with that thing. You know, if you try to hurt them, they go, "Okay, you need to go someplace else." Pull widget out, bing. Okay, now who else wants to make me a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> to, to be an effective pirate crew, okay, how many people do you think they're going to need on that zero plot? Oh. I would say minimum 10. I mean, you're going to have to have a decent enough raiding party, a decent enough group to drag, help get whatever you raid back. You're going to need people who can maintain all this machine, because you're going to need machinery. You're going to need the winch and everything, and the people Mm -hmm. to run the kites and all that. I would say at least 10 people. Okay, I, I think you're way under, I think 10 people in each of these groups is a minimum. I mean, like 10 people for the raiding party, 10 people for your base crew. Not to mention, you know, the women and the children. Yeah, Josie said minimum 20 probably would be better. Well, where are we, where are we at 20? I, I would probably say it's going to be closer to maybe 30 or 40. Well, if you count the women and children um, with, with, with them. But yeah, I'd say when, because your average pirate sloop was like 20, 25 people. Your people that are going to be actively involved in the, the raiding and the bringing stuff back, probably about 20 people. Maybe. So your raiding party's 20. Well, to actually get the stuff back and forth quickly. Well, yeah, I, I would think that, as I said, you're going to need 
You not need only... people to go over there and get the stuff, and then people to help them drag it back. Drag it back, yeah, so basically. you have the group split into two, so they can start doing that quickly. Well, yeah, you need a strong enough force to arrive on that other Zero plot and go, that looks nice, it's ours. Then once they get it in the net and they get it back, be a kite or pulley system or whatever... Yeah. You still need people to operate that to get it back quickly. Right. And possibly also get the raiding party back, depending on how they get over there. Mm-hmm. Right. Be, uh, but what I th- uh, and you're, you're touching on what, where I'm kind of going with this, Trav, and that is, is that you want your raiding party to intimidate these people. You really don't want to get into a fight with them. You want to basically show up, put up a show of force, you know, fire, you know, like like the um, I'm sorry, uh, the A team, where they're basically put shooting holes through walls and 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 sending off, you know, minor grenades and flashbangs and stuff like that. But you know, not really actually hurting anybody, you know, and and but basically doing a whole lot of shock and awe. And you show them, it's okay. I'm giving us everything you got, and they're like, okay, fine, just don't hurt us, just don't hurt us. You know, if you come in there with five people and they've got five people, they're going to think that they can take you. Yeah, but if you show up and you outnumber them by several factors, they're likely to cooperate out of fear. Yeah, numbers, like armaments, yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I think the raiding party is probably going to be a lot bigger than that. Uh, also, the uh, I, I know that we all love you know the, the Black Pearl from the... Uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, but in fact, most pirates in the world, their crews are considerably smaller than that crew. Okay, those, those sometimes it seems like they're doing the whole thing with like three people, uh, but most you know um, most pirate vessels are actually sloops. They're just you know small flat ve- uh, you know uh, vessels. They come out of shallow water. They go out and they attack you know cargo ships as they come by you know uh, toward a town. And they attack them. They get stuff and then they run back off. Okay, so and those things I think hold uh, would usually hold about twenty people. Um, and, and of course you know sloops are good because in the water you know if they got. Uh, if they had too much booty, some of the guys would just jump out into the water and I hang on to the side because the water would support them until they could get back to shore. So, but yeah, you have to have enough people to to be scary, you know. And and I I, I think that twenty is probably a a good number for your raiding party. Now, of course, you can go bigger than that. That would be even more awesome. But the, as, as you mentioned, John, the more people you got, you know, that's a, that's a lot of resources that you have to keep up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, if you got someone being a warlord and he's pretty much viewing the weird the the zero plots as being more as a recruiting than resources, because he's looking to get most of his resources from where he lands at that point. Because if he's got like a hundred people on that uh, on his zero plot. He's not going to get anything that useful from a, from a zero plot. It's else's zero plot. He's going to have to get it from where, wherever he lands, which means, you know, the lumber axes come out and they cut down trees. Uh, they land near a city. They send a raiding party to go get whatever they can. Canned food if they have it. If not, you know, get get at least fresh. So it'll last, so it'll last long and stuff like that. And, you know, and don't worry about coming back. Just Grab it, put it in the wagon, send the wagon, everybody hang on to the wagon. When, when it comes time, bam, you're back at you're back at the zero block. Yeah, you got to check into that. I, I, I really question that that you could just pile everything into a wagon and just touch it. This isn't fringe worthy where you just touch it and it goes through the portal because you're fringe worthy. Yeah, Brooks, okay. it says here, page three, 
Anything you are holding, <coughs> anything you are holding or that is holding on to you will shift. That that sounds different than than what you're saying. Something holding on to you is like some guy holding you in a bear hug, okay? Or some girl you know, holding on to your arm is going to come with you. It's 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 different that than just saying you know you know putting your hand on 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 the side of a piggly wiggly truck and going okay you're coming with me. Well, what if okay now what if you're sitting in the seat with the seatbelt on? Hmm. Richard? That'd be nice. That'd be real. I mean, that totally changes the dynamic if that was the case. Yeah, I would definitely be trying to find some somebody, you know, I'd be going down the street looking for a Piggly Wiggly truck, you know, and and, and, and knocking, knocking the driver out, just getting inside and waiting. <laughs> get, get my book out, just sit there in the parking lot and wait for me to shift back because they're going to be coming back with a whole truckload of stuff now. Well... I would say you would leave that up to the person running the game at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's GM Fiat. I mean, yeah, that would have to be GM Fiat. Well, I would think that that would kind of eliminate the need for uh, piracy if you were able to grab stuff in those kinds of quantities. Yeah. I mean, yeah. basically, if you got a big old bag and you're hanging on to it, it'll probably come with you. Yeah, anything you can carry, I can believe. If it's something you're holding on to, that you cannot, I mean, you don't have to be able to lift it, but move it. So a shopping cart. You can move a shopping cart around on its wheels and everything. And that, that thing could be piled taller than you. Now, that I would allow, but you grabbing onto the A, the, a, the M1 Abrams tank or being in the delivery van, no. No. You appear at the edge of the... You appear at the edge of the um... Zero plots. The GM decides: Are you facing? Are you seeing your back toward the plot, or seeing your back toward the void? Let's flip a coin to find out. And <laughs> well, since you're supposed to appear on the edge of the plot, a simple solution would be: You appear on the edge of the plot, and the thing slowly rolls off the plot and into the void. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Make a dex roll. <laughs> See if you get off the dang thing, because <laughs> that thing is curved, you know, and and you know the the uh, they say the each zero plot starts off a perfect circle. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's if it's a if it's a really huge one, then it might be straight enough, but normally it'd probably be too much of a curve, and all of a sudden it just probably things would just break off because of the weight of the vehicle. But you know, like I said, I mean, uh, you have to kind of create some kind of sense of of. Um, Scarcity that makes that forces you to go out and do these things. Uh, it, it should be uh, it should be that easy to do. And, and like you may go to a world, a plot that has a lot of stuff on it, and it's and you're like it's just going to kill you because you just literally can't pull the stuff back fast enough before you're going to drop out of the, out of the thing. You know. Actually, looking at the point number four, uh, the shift severs chains, ropes, and bindings. So if you're tied to a chair, it will you know, and you're manacled. Uh, to the chair, the basically you may still have the brace in your uh, the one bracelet on your arm, but the other one's stuck back in the chair. So you're not taking the chair with you at that point. Okay, right. all right. So that, that will kind of eliminate the truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the seat belt and all that stuff. Okay, uh, but see, you know, also if you're back at your home base, I mean, you're going to need some other things too. Okay, I mean, uh, I mean, granted, you know, your your 
um, your assault team can do uh, isn't only just going to be doing assaults. They're probably going to have double duty, at least one other job that they have to do. But you're going to need somebody to fix to, to basically patch people up. You're going to need some kind of a, you know, a medic uh, nursing staff because you're going to get hurt. You're a pirate. You know, things mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be those times where you get to a zero plot and you cannot go out there blindly, even if you are not a pirate, even if you are going the old-fashioned way, scrounging every on every world. You cannot go blindly assuming that, oh, no, these people are not going to have weapons. You are going to meet more often than not, opposition, people protecting their stuff. Yep. There is that better than average. And, I mean, things can go wrong on the transit. Let's say you decide to do the catapult thing and with the squirrel suit. You may still land wrong and break your leg, and nothing is worse than when you're trying to be intimidating and all of a sudden you've got a broken limb. That kind of puts yeah. the, knocks the wind out of your sails when you're trying to be forceful. Yeah. 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 Got blood streaming down the side of your head. Yeah, right. Listen to me. Look for about two seconds, it looks badass, and then he crumbles to the ground. Yeah, right. It's you make that you, you you try to do that wonderful acrobatics flip to land properly and you roll a one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and also, if you do break your leg, you're more like this is your new home because you're not getting back. Well, it depends. I mean, if they have that that rope to wheel, you know, to reel stuff back, they can reel you back too. All you have to do is hold on to it. We are talking about pirates. Well, no, there's still going to be there's still going to be it. It's you know, if you use the old pirate code, you know, no one gets left behind type thing. They they could. Oh, they left people behind all the time. Yeah, well, well, on one hand, they might do that. On the other, they may decide that you're dead weight. Getting the stuff is more important than getting you. Right. It's like, and I would not want to here. Have fun with your new home. I would not want to be the pirate that gets his leg broken and gets stuck with the people whose friends just stole. That would be oh the position I would not want to be in. It's like oh so so you left Uh, behind there. Oh look, you don't have no backup and a broken leg. Oh, <laughs> at that point, yes. Yeah, but but if those people aren't will, you know, are are aren't will are bloodthirsty as you are, they're going to be stuck with you. I mean, that's going to be a pretty chilly. Yeah, that's providing you survive. Yeah, I'm just saying is that you know, depending upon how you know bloodthirsty the uh, the attack was, if it was more like I said, shock and awe, and they all kind of said, oh, all right, but then something happened and you got stuck and didn't get off the, the zero plot in time, or they dropped in, they, dro- uh, you know, uh, they dropped out of zero plot, and, uh, and now you're with them, and then it's going to be like, okay, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, hey, guys. So, no hard feelings? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> guys got to do what a guy's got to do. And that's when it says, yeah, I got to do this too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it exactly. Does the- yep. Oh, no, no. If somebody were to steal from me and then, oh, no, I would, yeah, they shock and awe me and took my stuff. And then one of their guys gets left behind. That shock and awe would disappear real quick because you have, so- you have somebody to take out your new frustrations on. Like I said, I would not want to be the left behind pirate. Be even that, if it, even if it guy, wasn't no. injured. Even if they weren't injured, let's say something just happens that they don't make it back to the rope on time or whatever conveyance. They're trapped. They're trapped there, and it's like they may be healthy. They're still outnumbered. 
Yep. And you only have so many bullets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, you land on the zero plot. They're all sitting there looking at you. They're just going, okay, yeah, yeah, stuff over there, stuff over there. And you're wondering why they're being so cooperative. What you don't know, it's three days and ten minutes till they, till it's, they've been out, they've been here for three days. Or actually, uh, transit 3D, 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 10 plus six hours. They're hanging up to 35 hours, 59 minutes. And you just landed on them. And now they transit, and you're taking taking you with them. Now I know that when you come back, you always have that five minute warning. Do you get it? I, I've forgotten. Do you have that five minute warning when you're about to leave uh, Weird Zone? I actually, I, I actually decided to do it both directions. I think I would want to too. Yeah. So you you realize, but the thing if you if you land within that before that five minute warning comes up, then you don't know that the five minute warning's fired off then. You know, if you land at four minutes, you're you're kind of screwed at that point. <laughs> well, four minutes is still enough time because they're leaving. You're not. You got four minutes to grab something and get off the zero plot. You know, you might be uh, you know bold enough to try that, and every once in a while you might you might make a mistake. Yeah. Now, the you know the best zero plots to raid though are other pirates. <laughs> Well, now you're talking about an awful lot of pirates here, John. It doesn't. It only needs. You're not going to be the only one. Well, sure, but I'm just saying how many, how many, how many pirates you know uh, will will weird will weird zone support? I mean, we don't know how. Many, the thing is, we don't know how many zero plots are out there. I mean, it could be they could be one from every world, and since every world we're talking infinite number of worlds, there's an infinite number of zero plots out there. You this know. is something. This is something you guys said. Speaking <laughs> of infinite number of worlds, this question is going to come to mind. I think one of you guys mentioned this, either you two or Rich. Aren't all the worlds that the Weird Zone stops on the fringe worlds? Worlds on the fringe network? No, they could I be. Thought some one of you guys said that it was. I think Rich may have said it. No, Richard says if you happen to land in one that's a fringe world and you're fringe worthy, you have a way to break the cycle. Okay, I thought you have that a way to get off and stay off. Yeah, basically. well, because yeah. once you go through the portal, you're no longer on that Earth. Yeah, that would cut the connection to the cut zero the, plot. It would cut the connection to the plot. That's if you could no find longer, the portal, though. If you could yeah. find the portal in time, you'd know. You would see that. You would be able to see that. If you could find that, you no longer have that connection. To well, the you'd world, still so. have to. You would still have to go through the portal to cut the connection. Right. It's not if just you, if you yeah. go through, you would no longer have the connection to that world. So it. It yeah. breaks that. I just thought I just anymore. I just thought Rich said that it they all are all going to the fringe worlds. That's why I thought he said I that. Thought no. Okay. Said. All right. Well, I don't well, see maybe any a lot of them are. But well, I mean, the, the you know depending on whether you have the infinite number of worlds you know or you have the million million worlds, but the million million worlds is not as, not as much as the infinite number of worlds out there. So. Nah. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. 
You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons license 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, cause we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027.